This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. They couldn't believe I didn't watch The Office. I've never seen The Office. Don't know about The Office. <laughs> Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Sings it for the end zone. Caught by Kelsey on a slant. Touchdown, Kansas City. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. Jake Kinnaman, a three for the tie. Off the back for it. Good. Jake Kinnaman Everything happening in the sports world. As you know, Monty, Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches, the Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball, the Terminator. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I fear the Reaper today. Yeah, because I, I feel too. I just feel like death warmed over today. <laughs> I really do. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson. He's ready for the weekend, and he is Mr. Steve Sal. Steve? Ready for the weekend. You have no idea. It's good to see you again, Steve. It's Masters weekend. Steve's got his green on. He has green pants, green socks, green shoes. He's got a long sleeve green shirt with that Masters emblem on the left breast. That's not true. He's got his green hat, the Bryson DeChambeau hat. No. You look good, Steve. I have a gray sweatshirt or a gray uh, pullover and a... Blue jeans. I don't think that's green. Yeah, it looks I, green to me. Yeah, okay. It's good to talk to you, through, Steve. You're looking through it through green tenant glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be what it is. You and I didn't really get to talk yesterday, Steve, on air at least, because we didn't have a show. No show. The Royals had a and great I was win. A no, and I was oh, a, never mind. They blew it. And I felt like a no-show yesterday. It yeah, was, you, you were something yesterday. Yeah. But, Steve, it's good to talk to you again. I miss you. Did you miss me? I see you all the time. So. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> well, Steve, we had an enjoyable day yesterday of following along with the Masters going on while at work. We were watching the Royals and their epic collapse in the ninth inning of the game yesterday. I want to talk a little Royals later on today, but I want to talk about the Masters a little bit more. Are you feeling good about your picks? I'm feeling real good. Now, who did you pick whenever we had Treg on the show on Wednesday? I had John Rahm and Francesco Molinari. Hey, okay. You can feel pretty good about that. Molinari's in second place right now, and Rahm's yet to tee off, but he was uh, he was in the top ten yesterday. Uh, as far as our – you know, you and I are part of a massive master's pool. That's there's, true. There's like 11 guys that are in this pool, and right now I like my team. It's looking really good because I got Cooch. Cooch is playing Cooch. well. Yeah, Cooch is playing well. So – my guys, other than Matthew Fitzpatrick, who shot a 78 yesterday, but he's mm. like he's four under today, so he may make the cut. As of this moment, right exactly now, Steve, there was just a, a little bit of movement on the scoreboard. Phil Mickelson is up there close to Bryson DeChambeau, who is the leader. DeChambeau is currently through nine holes and is even today, so he's six under. Brooks Kepka sitting at five under. Phil Mickelson is at five under. I just saw Justin Thomas rolling a putt as he got down to two under. That's one of my picks. There you go. I need him and Ricky Fowler to have a good day. So we'll try and keep you updated a little bit here for those of you that could be sitting at work. You could be in the car driving around and not be able to watch the Masters as it's going right now. And, of course, the big TV coverage 
doesn't get going until 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. So still a little time for people to go home and actually watch the Masters, but it's been a fun tournament so far. All I heard about all week was, oh, the rain is coming. Get ready for the rain. They're not even going to get their round in on Friday. Saturday, the course is going to be a swamp. Sunday, it'll be completely underwater. But so far, I think they've been completely dry. Well, I thought the first two days they were supposed to get those in. And then Saturday, uh, it's like 80% chance. And Sunday, it's supposed to just be a mess. So we may have a Monday finish on the Masters. I sure hope so. It'd be fun. Yeah. Steve, I want to talk a little more Masters later. Yesterday, you and I had the fun privilege of going over to Central Christian College and talking with Steve Henson, current basketball coach at the University of Texas San Antonio, former Bullpup great, former K-State great, former NBA player. He was a former assistant coach with Lon Kruger at six or seven different stops <laughs> along the way. Seemed like it, yeah. And it was really interesting to talk with him. And we talked with him last week on the phone, and we were only on for 10 or 15 minutes with him, but... It was a press conference yesterday, and Coach Henson talked for 45-ish minutes, and we talked a little bit about McPherson High stuff, K-State stuff, and a little bit about his way to get to UTSA, but I really enjoyed hearing him talk about coaching philosophies, the way that they're building their team, and the Conference USA as a whole, and what they can do to get going and, and find a way to be in the NCAA tournament. It was really enjoyable hearing him talk about a lot of those things and a lot of the leadership qualities, things that he learned from Coach Lon Kruger. It was a really enjoyable time talking to him. Yeah, and if you go to midkansasonline.com, I've got a column of our, you know, talk with uh, Steve yesterday. And, of course, I've known him since he was very young. Um, he was like a sixth grader, I think, when I moved to town. You could see as a sixth grader he was going to be a special player. He had incredible leadership qualities. Uh, he ended up being Kansas' Mr. Basketball his senior year. Uh, my column kind of deals about with his days as a bullpup more. Uh, I didn't want to get into his coaching philosophy that much, but uh, I wanted to basically talk about stuff that I think the people around here can relate to. And, uh, you know, his journey, uh, you know, he was an assistant for a long time, and he said it was a tough decision. You know, he had a great life going in Oklahoma, Lon Kruger. I mean, I got a feeling if uh, Steve would have stayed at Oklahoma with Lon uh, – I mean, Lon's 65 or six years old, but he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. But I think if Lon, say, would coach till he was 70 and then step down, I think Steve would have been the natural choice at Oklahoma. He may still be. You know, it could very well be, uh, you know, he's at, right now he's at Texas San Antonio. And I, would got, I have a feeling if, you know, Steve does a good job there, which he has been doing, he's built that program up. They were second in their conference this year. Uh, who knows? He, uh, he could end up at Oklahoma when Lon Kruger retires. You made a comment in your column today, and I advise a lot of people to go read this at midkansasonline.com. It was a really, really well-written column, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting across from me. I would tell you if it was bad, wouldn't I? Yeah, you'd if say If I said, oh, Steve, that was a stinker. You yeah, might need to take that down. You, you've told me if something stinks because... I go, whew. Yeah, whew. not good, yeah. Well, there was one comment that you made in there that I think stands out, and this will translate into something I heard last night as well, in that... Steve Henson, his first year as a sophomore was 1983-1984. Right. The year before that was McPherson's last losing season. That's right. And you made the comment in your column saying it brought McPherson basketball back. There was a six- or seven-year drought from about 76 or 77 right. to 1983 where they not only didn't make the state tournament, but there were a couple of losing seasons in right. there as well. Yeah. And you made the comment that Steve Henson – 
getting up and, and becoming the player that he would eventually be, plus bringing in the new coach and his dad, Mike Henson, that that was what brought Bullpup basketball back for what people knew it to be. And then you made the comment saying, and it hasn't stopped since. And I, I started to think about that comment and the amount of success, the amount of great players, the amount of Mr. Basketball-type players that have gone through that boys program since 1983-1984. And it's one of those other moments where I sit back and I think, man, it is unbelievable the amount of players, wins, the few amount of coaches that it's been since 1983-1984 right. with that program. Two. Two coaches. Then last night when I was at the McPherson I girls basketball banquet, Coach Strappen was talking about his program and, and the girls in their great season, 21-3, and three, and he talked about how this was their 50th season of girls basketball and how he rattled off some numbers of the program history and oh, was saying... And it's staggering. was saying, here's the amount of state tournaments, here's the amount of wins at the state tournament, here's the final four state championships, and all of those are number one in public schools, with, right. and the Bishop Miege girls are way out ahead of all the yeah, numbers, even yeah, though they're, they're they're staggering. Yeah, they have their own... <laughs> you know, they're in their own league. They have their own, you know, for the last... 40 years. They've been in their own class. But the thing that I've taken away from it, and I was as I was, I was processing that, is the amount of success that there's been in those two programs and how they are the two most dominant public school programs in the state. And this is not an attempt to bash the private schools and say, Bishop Miege, down with that. This is not what I'm doing. But what I am saying is it is pretty unbelievable the amount of success that they have been able to have while these two programs have been going at the same time. And maybe it wouldn't be quite as crazy if it was just one of the programs that was having so much success, whether it was the boys' program, if they were just rattling off all of this success and the girls were kind of the second thought, or vice versa. But the thing maybe that makes it the most impressive, Steve, is the way that side-by-side the numbers are so similar, the state tournaments are so similar, and the success is so similar with these two programs, and they're both, I don't know if it's really even up for debate anymore. Oh, I don't think it is. As the two best public school programs. And it's crazy that a lot of it started at about that time, or at least rejuvenated it was. with Steve Henson. It was, and uh, before Steve played, uh, McPherson won three state championships. Now, they had a lot of great teams that didn't win in the uh, state championships in the 60s. I mean, I don't know how many years the Bullpups one lost like one or two games and didn't win state because Wyandotte always seemed to be in the way. That's right. And then on the girls' side, uh, the first state championship was in '81. I was ha- you know, I was there for the first state championship. Then they repeated in '82, and uh, then they had a little bit, you know, uh, that mid '80s until the about, early '90s, right? Uh, and, and when Scott Schaefer came in, right, that's when they kind of rebooted their program. And uh, when you look at the two of them, 22 state championships between the two programs, 13 for the girls, nine for the boys. The winning percentage, uh, they've just been off the chart. Uh, I, uh, Coach Stradman uh, did kind of a thank you on Facebook today, and he, he included all those numbers you were talking about. They are staggering. They're, they're number two all time, you know, in Kansas. And a lot of people don't, you know, it, it, it's a it's a, over a long period of time, not just you know, pocket stretches like on the boys' side right now, Blue Valley Northwest. I believe they've won it is. a lot of games. They've won in the a last lot of games years. recently. That's recently, but I'm talking over a 50-year stretch. 
McPherson boys, McPherson girls, there are no two better programs. Well, there's no better program on the girls' side other than Miege. And on the boys' side, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a better program over the last 50 years than the Bullpup boys. There's been teams that have had good stretches, great stretches. Wichita South boys, when Steve Eck was there, had great stretches. Uh, and like I said, Ed Fritz at, at uh, Blue Valley Northwest. But Newton in the 1930s. Well, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Newton always says, well, God, we still have the – what have you done for me lately? They haven't uh, – I've been here 40 years, and they haven't won a state championship. And I'm not trying to knock Newton, but they have not done what McPherson's done in the last 40 years for certain. Newton did all their uh, stuff back in the 20s, 30s, 40s. When they were working on the railroad all the live long day. That's right. They were working on the railroad. They were they were the gold standard way back when in the in the you know in the early days, and they they still have a ton of state championships. But as far as the modern era. Uh, they don't compare to McPherson. The other comment that Coach Strathman made at the banquet last night that I'm, I'm still thinking about, and, and there are moments and comments that will stick with me for a couple of hours or a couple of days, and the thing that correlates with this is that he was saying, this is our 50th year, and we were trying to get to that 10th state championship and find a way to win it, but when you wear the McPherson jersey and when you're a part of the program, there are a lot of positives where you know you're going to have a great following, there's going to be great crowds, you're going to win you're a, have lot. a lot of pressure too. But that's what he said is there's a lot of pressure on these girls and Coach Kinneman would say the same thing with his boys. Well, we got people that live their lives for four months out of the year. They live vicariously through McPherson basketball. I mean, that's all they do. They, You know, a lot of people, you know, some of the older folks like myself, you know, you know, I should well, be. You're a young, I young should be, lad. Well, I should be retired, but I'm not retired. I'm, I'm going to have to work and probably until the day I take my last breath. You better. Because I never know where my next meal's coming from. But anyway, um, they live vicariously uh, through these basketball teams. I mean, they, 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 they enjoy every high with the team. They experience every low with the team. And they just live, breathe, and, and sleep bullpup basketball. We know people like that. Right. And... I think about this a lot when it comes to college athletics or there might be some people in Kansas City that if I told them what my job was, they would go, does anybody really care about just a high school basketball game? And it's hard to explain to people if they aren't invested in that. And I say that a lot with college athletics too, where if you don't have a team, there are people that will say, well, why do you care about Arkansas football. Well, why do you care? Why do they sell out games of 80,000 people? Why do 16,300 people spend all of their money on KU basketball season right. tickets? And there are people that I'm, I'm sure if they don't get it, have a hard time understanding it. But it's a part of a passion and pride. And even when you get a little older, looking back at your high school or your college and hoping that these people can have the same experiences that you did and being there to support them. And, and that's part of the reason why I really love high school sports, especially in smaller towns. And you might say, well, Jim, you didn't go to a high school in a smaller town. And that's why I appreciate it so much yeah. here that we didn't have a following. It was just parents and grandparents because when I was at Olathe East, it was 20 years old. So there were no generational students that were right. saying, yeah, my mom and dad went here, my grandparents. Well, I can tell you, there's still people after, in 1983, Steve Henson's very first game as a bullpup. To me, and I've said this before, his first game, his sophomore year, was the best game of his career. Now, he had games where he scored more points, 
But he had 29 points, 14 rebounds, and threw down an incredible dunk. And the picture just burns in my brain because Eddie Bate always reminds me I was the guy falling up to get a rebound in case he missed the dunk. Every time I see Eddie, he says, yeah, I was in that picture. You know, Eddie Bate played with him. And, and Steve had 29 points, 14 rebounds. We beat a Winfield team that night that had four starters back from a team that was being talked about as being a potential state champion. The only starter the Bullpups had was Mark Wash. I think the other, see, they had Brian Gibson. He was starting his first game. Steve was. Uh, Jeff Berlin. I think maybe, I, I can't remember who the other starter was. But, uh, and the name escapes me right now. I'm, I'm sure I'll think of it later. But, but uh, it was a team that people weren't sure what they were going to do. And it took one night, one game, for bullpup fans to because and one thing about Steve, he, he just flew all over the floor. If there was a loose ball, he'd fling his body parallel to the ground. He'd have floor burns, he'd have elbow burns. And that kind of basketball really resonated with McPherson's fans. And he was an instant, you know, instant hometown hero. Reminds me of you, Steve. Willing to get that shot on the floor. You'd be down there with your camera. You'd have your pen and paper ready to go. You you sacrificed your body too. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I don't think I've ever sacrificed my body for hardly anything. Steve, let's take our first break. When we come back, what would you rather talk about? The Royals or the Masters? Masters. Let's talk about the Masters. That's more positive. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Hello, friends. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Welcome back to According to Jim. It's a beautiful day at Augusta National. The birds are chirping, the azaleas are in bloom, and Matt Kuchar is getting close to the top of the leaderboard. Is he? Hello, Steve. We're excited for a day here. Yeah, I need you to have a British accent. I think that would make it a little better. If, if I was like, uh, who, who's the British guy they have on? Well, Sir Nick Faldo. Sir Nick Faldo. He said, hello, Jim. It's a yeah. great shot here and a great, what is Matt, great opportunity. What's Matt Kuchar doing? Because he's one of my guys. Well, currently, Matt Kuchar is not on my screen, Steve. Oh. It's Justin Thomas trying to make a birdie putt here. Okay. But you and I have been following the Masters for the last day and a half. We have been glued to my phone. The weird part about today is that a lot of the bigger names seem to be in the afternoon. Right. A lot of them were in the morning yesterday, but in the afternoon today... And obviously the big one, Steve. John Rahm. Well, that wasn't the name I was thinking. Oh, I know. Tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously the big one. He had pushed out to, what, four under at one point yesterday and then slipped back a little bit to two under. I don't remember him getting the four. He was at least at three. He was at three, yeah. But there are a lot of people hanging around at two under, whether it's Tiger Woods or Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland. Was it two under? Tommy Fleetwood just missed that number and as he was at one under. But Steve, as we look ahead to this weekend, do you think it's going to be a weekend where urgh, Tiger is in the mix? I do. I really do. I, I think he's really focused. And what I love about this leaderboard, I mean, other than this Jarrett Harding who will probably disappear by about Saturday afternoon, he'll be gone. It is all the big names. Justin Harding. 
Whatever. That's why. Jarek Harding I, is I, the basketball player from Wichita Obviously, he's not Southeast. a big enough name because I don't even know his first name. Speaking but. of Jarek Harding, real quick, Steve. Do you remember him from Wichita Southeast? Right. He's, they went out to Weber he's State. He's going NBA. He just declared for the NBA yeah. draft. And he had about the most impressive two-game performance that I've ever seen from anybody at the state tournament in 2016. Yeah. I covered that, and I wanted to throw that in there yeah. really quick. I hope that he can find a spot because... Holy cow. He's a that guy is really good. Yeah. His sister played in the Mid-America Classic last That's year right. for Southeast. That's right. But anyway, back to your good friend Justin Harding. Yeah, whatever. You don't have any faith in him? No, I didn't have him on my list. Well, he's even today. Steve, Bryson DeChambeau. He Strange had, dude. He is an interesting guy. He's a top five in the world right now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's a guy, It's, but he's kind of hard to like. You know, It's all because of that hat. It's not the hat. He's, he's Everything's about quantum physics. You know, it, it's all about ball bearings, you know, if you remember that uh, line from the Chevy Chase movie. But anyway, I digress. He's he's a guy who is the most scientific player on the tour. All his clubs are the same length, I mean, which is crazy. But you, you just don't do that. You don't have all your clubs the same length. Of course, your 9-iron shorter than your 7-iron. Your 7-iron is shorter than your 5-iron. But he has all his clubs the same. He hit a ball yesterday. He had a, a, a shot from the fairway that just rammed the stick, would have gone in for an eagle on 18 and kicked right straight back to about six inches. But uh, he'll be there because he can think his way around the course, but hefty lefties in there. Phil Mickelson, five under through nine. Yeah, lefties in there. Tiger's in there. My guy, John Rahm's in there. Francesco uh, Molinari. Yeah, I've got Molinari in my pool too. Kuchar's in there. So it's a Jason great... Day has moved up the board today, Steve. Yeah, I think he was he was four under last I saw. He's three under today, so he's down to five, five. under. Five. Oh, it's obvious. Score the players better score today because starting tomorrow, it sounds like the weather could play a big role. What about Brooks Kepka? To me, it seems like Steve that he's kind of the silent killer. Well, he was six under yesterday, and last I saw, he would made a couple bogeys today, and uh, he's I know he missed a couple short putts. But all the guy does is place high in majors. He doesn't do much in other tournaments, but you get him in a major, and it's just like the light goes off. He's won the last two U.S. Opens. How about the name that I don't feel like anybody is talking about? Dustin Johnson, the guy who's always finishing at the top of these events. He is three under currently, one over today so far. Do you feel confident about DJ? I don't. I don't know why. you don't get a lot of emotion and excitement out of him. Yeah, yeah, he's such a bomber. Uh, and, and when he gets on his tears, I mean, nobody can touch him. He has some just incredible runs, but I don't trust his putter. And he ha- and he wasn't in what I'd call great form, I don't think, coming in. I think, what's he, the world number two right now? Is that what he is? Two or three. He's two or three. Justin Rose is number one. And he's had a bad week so far. Yeah, he's got a long way to go to make the cut. I know he started off birdie-birdie today, and then he gave a couple of them back. So He's three over through nine. That's so far, he, so he's even today. He's even today, but he, you know, he got that start. And I thought maybe, oh, he'll go out and shoot sixty-four, get himself right back in it, but it's just not happening for him. Steve, I want to take a final break. When we come back, number one, I'm going to need your prediction for who's going to put on that green jacket over the weekend, and number two, maybe we can talk about the Royals taking on the Indians for just a little bit as Steve sprints out of the room to go check on. Who's blaring up and down the street? We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by 
Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, you've been chasing the accidents down the street. Do you have a report? As soon as we got off the air, Steve just sprinted out to the street. Well, back in my old newspaper days, I was uh, the guy that they always sent out on Rex. Utility man. Yeah, that was nobody else wanted to do it, so I was always stuck doing it. And uh, it's just maybe the old uh, newspaper man in me caught my attention. So well, Steve was sprinting out to the street, and he's going, "Yeah, oh, we have it. We have Oh, we got this. We have rack. an accident. Just I think it's an out of towner. Yeah, like 50, 50 yards away from us. So uh, uh, I'm going to see, make sure everybody's okay. Well, great work, Steve. Yeah. Number one, before I get your master's predictions, were you watching the Royals yesterday when they let it all fall apart? It's a, I watched the replay. It's just a debacle. And uh, it's it's unbelievable. I bet in every, almost every game they've had the lead this year. Ten out of the 12 games they've had the lead, and their record is 2-10. and ten. So what does that tell you? The bullpen has not been very good. It stinks. Would it's that a, be an understatement? It's a dumpster fire. They they sent three guys down, brought three new guys up. Two of them went in yesterday. They stunk it up. I mean, two and ten. And when you look at the schedule coming up, they've got a – I think they have the Indians right now. They do. Then they have the White Sox after that. But then they have to play the Yankees four games in New York. They go on a massive – after this weekend, they go on a massive road trip. And if they can't win at home, how are they going to win on the road? This You think Aaron Judge can hit a few balls at a Yankee stadium oh, the Yankees, off of Willie Peralta? The, the Yankees may score 60 in the four-game series. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the starting pitching really hasn't been terrible. No, it's been good enough. Keller's been okay. Lopez was great yesterday. Uh, Homer Bailey hasn't been that bad. Junis, you know, he, he battles. He'll always give you a great effort. But that bullpen, oh my gosh. I mean, I think Tim Hill, McCarthy, and Zimmer – were sent down. They brought up three guys who never even heard of. Love Lady was one of them. Richard Love Lady. Richard Love Lady. What a great name that is. <laughs> and then they brought a Newberry or New Newcastle, something like that. I don't know. But uh, and then Steve, I've got a friend who is a big fan of the Seattle Mariners, and he texted me at the beginning of the week, and he said, "Who? This is going to be a tough series. I hope I hope we can just get three. And I said, "Dude, <laughs> the Mariners are going to win all four. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's like. How many fans you think of the ten thousand were there in attendance yesterday? When it was six to three, do you think five thousand had faith that they would win that game? Yeah, sure. You got to believe. No Nosotros creemos. That's what Tony Pena would say. Well, Tony, in two thousand three. Yeah, but but that bullpen. Oh, I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, they've got a bunch of guys down there. Boxberger, for, you know the new guy. He was supposed to be their closer. Man, he is he is walking kerosene. Man, you throw him on the fire and. There it goes. (laughs) All right, Steve. It's time to get down to business. A green jacket is on the line this weekend. The Masters, Augusta, Georgia, hello, friends. When Jim Nance gets to give his final call, who's going to be winning that green jacket? Well, I'm I'm not going to deviate. I had John Rahm winning it before. He had a great start yesterday. Uh, Matt, you know, he he actually could have been about – he shot three under yesterday – 
Could have easily been five or six under. I'm sticking with him. You're feeling good about John Brom. Feeling good. Tiger Woods. Where will Eldrick be in the mix? Top five. You think he'll be a top five? I think he'll be a top five. So you think he'll be lingering around? And I think DeChambeau will, will be around. He's in good form. Uh, I don't know about my guy Molinari. He's having a great day today, but he, you know, he's not a big hitter. You let's face it, Augusta's for the bomber. You got to be a bomber at Augusta. He's a good putter. Yeah, that's what he's got to do. Steve, what's the number that you think is going to be the spot where these guys need to get to in order to win? DeChambeau currently is at six under. Where are you thinking the winner needs to be? Ten, twelve. I'm what I'm saying because the weather's going to turn bad. I think ten's going to be a good number. Okay. I really do. I don't think the, if, if the weather's what they say it's going to be. Now, if they get postponed on Monday and then it's a nice day on Monday, I'll say 12. I'm still sticking with my two guys that I took on Wednesday when Treg Fall was in here. Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas. Thomas is making a move today. My two guys. Okay. They're going to find Treg a way. Had, Treg had Tiger and DJ. That's right. Yeah, I think. I feel good, Steve. This is the year. Yeah. I won the Masters pool last year. Yes, you did. I won it a couple years ago. So I'm hoping that I can be a very, very rich man. We're like the last two winners, I think. Well, allegedly. Who knows? I don't know about illegal sports gambling. I would never do that. You would never do that. No. No, we're not in, We're not invested in anything like no. that. No, it's just all who gets the most matchsticks. Yeah, yeah. We, we said, congrats. Pat's on the back. There you go. Get a box of matchsticks. Steve, enjoy your weekend. I will. Will you play any golf? I will. Or are you too cold? Well, I am cold. I'm cold right now. I agree. Wrapping up today's show for Steve Sell and Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you on Monday. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Well,